Hello, my brothers and sisters in Christ. How are you today? You're listening to St. Mark and Bemidji's podcast, the program that is far more spiritually fulfilling than picking up what your dog left behind all winter as your yard thaws. There's never a bad time to study God's Word. The sun is setting, and soon night will come when no one will be able to work. This is the perfect time to think on what God wants us to know about life, the afterlife, and everything in between. Thanks for stopping in today. I'm going to mix things up in the podcast and try to introduce some variety in the meditations that we have. I've got some ideas, so stay tuned. In keeping with that idea, today we have a sermon from our sister church in Sioux City, Iowa. It's titled, To Tell the Truth, and is based upon a reading from possibly the most famous verse in the Bible, John 3.16. The Word of God before us comes from John chapter 3. We read from the very end. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So far the word. Three times you're going to hear it. In just this one short lesson, three times you're going to hear it, Jesus says it. I tell you the truth. Or as they used to say, amen, amen. I tell you the truth. So let's take our cue from him and let's steal that. Let's borrow that for our theme today, shall we? Let's tell the truth. And today God directs us all, yes, to tell, and I'm not going to say his truth, because what he says is the one truth. God directs us all to tell the truth. For on the basis of telling the truth or not telling it, we're either going to create a world of ignorance around us and in us or a world of his love. Whether or not this Nicodemus character intended it, he confessed a sin. And this isn't Jesus tricking him. I just think Jesus has that way. He confessed his sin to Jesus without necessarily even realizing what he was doing. He made a very candid confession. You can see it. If you look at verse 2, what does Nicodemus say about himself in verse 2? Well, I'm going to paraphrase it. I know you are from God, and yet I'm going to come to you at night. Do you see the dissonance there between those two statements? I'm going to come to you. I know you are from God, and yet I want my identity and activity to be a secret. I hope you don't mind. You see how those two statements cannot really stand. So what was he confessing? He was confessing shame. He was ashamed of God. But confessing sin is a good thing. And whether Nicodemus realized it or intended it, he did it again. You look at it and see it in verse 4, again in verse 9. And here, this particular confession, when you look at what he did, we have a teacher of the kingdom of God, right? And Jesus makes that point. And yet he doesn't even know how to enter the kingdom. You have a gatekeeper who does not even know where to find the key into the kingdom. And he's teaching others? 
You can start to see why Jesus was very right to ask that very blunt question. We can't then commend Nicodemus for his ignorance of the Lord's teaching, neither we can we commend our own. We cannot commend him for coming in the middle of the night for fear of what his Pharisee buddies are going to say, or heaven forbid what his family or other Jewish friends might say. But we can commend him for seeking the truth. And not just seeking the truth, but when Jesus lays out that question and says, here's the doctor at work, right? You are a teacher of Israel and you don't understand this. We commend Nicodemus for not walking away that very second. When he heard those words, he stayed seated. Now, none of us here now can ever have perfect knowledge of Christ's will. But I make this point for a reason, even though it's obvious. The, the point is, we can seek after it. We can strive after this knowledge of Christ's perfect will. And that striving, because it's a struggle, we might come away with this idea that God's truth is somehow some deep, confusing, scary swamp that every once in a while you find a pearl in the muck. No. The only reason we could ever speak of God's truth as gray is because of the filter of sin. That's inside us. But sinful ignorance, just like with Nicodemus, and you see this starting to happen already, sinful ignorance can be overcome in time. That's why Christ took the time to speak to this guy who should have known better. That's why Jesus took the time to teach him. It was not a waste of time. Here was a man, Nicodemus, who knew substantial portions of the Bible by heart. More than any of us here know, that was part of the requirement to be in, in the Sanhedrin. But here Jesus is, believing, correctly, that the fate of this man's soul hinges on him learning and learning more. If this is true of a teacher of the Bible, then, right, how much more the rest of us as well. And what we're going to find is that biblical teaching then, or much, maybe a better way to put it, God's teaching has this wonderful thing. We make a fantastic discovery when we become more and more intimately acquainted with the scripture as we read it. And that is, the discovery is this, it's clear. God's word is clear. And it becomes more clear as we study it. And applying Jesus' teachings in every, any given situation is not the labyrinthian task that our sinful nature would have us believe. Not by a long shot. It, I will ask the question, is it possible now to have 100% certainty that I'm making the right decision and all of the right decision when I make a choice? No, of course not. But it is interesting to discover just how many verses of, verses of the Bible and their applications to everyday life are labeled as confusing because our sinful nature wants it to be confusing and wants to keep it confusing, even though we know what it really means. Jesus' teaching seemed complex, even mind-boggling to Nicodemus at the time, right? But later, 
He understood. Those teachings gave him clarity, actually made his life easier to understand, gave him peace of mind. Let him, let God, let Jesus do the same thing for you, and you will get the joy of seeing God. No longer as a judge who just hurls arbitrary rulings at us. Instead, you'll see him as he is. As a friend. Who loves you. And now we love him. It's okay, every once in a while, maybe from time to time, to actually say that out loud. You know, God, Jesus, I love you. Thank you for your love, which taught me what that even means. And now we don't want to throw him back out of us. Now that we have Jesus, we don't want to evict him from here. From our hearts and from our minds. So how do we avoid that? Well, it comes back to what Nicodemus sought and what he found. Knowledge. There is a bond that cannot be broken between knowledge, obviously of God's word, God's truth, and certainty. There is a bond between knowledge of God's word and love. And dare I say it, especially for Jesus Christ, a bond between knowledge and the ability to love the world, a world of strangers. God loves all the people of this world. And the way you can love is to absorb the words of God, Holy Spirit, as he wrote them down, unchanged, untarnished, to each soul around you. That is love. We need to keep reminding ourselves of this, right? Because Jesus saying, you're a teacher of Israel and you don't get it, doesn't feel like love. But it is. An unbeliever saying to us, oh, just do whatever you want and don't listen to other Christians. Don't listen to that Jesus character or the pastor for that matter. Just do whatever you want. That feels like love and it is not. Now we are able to really love people. So we want to understand, how do you love Jesus? What is the nature of your love? How, how do you bring that love to us? And God tells us, he didn't send Jesus and then consider the world ready and us ready to enter the kingdom. No. There is a whole lifetime ahead of most of us. Most of us don't die in the womb. Most of us don't die right after birth. There is a whole lifetime where Jesus is teaching us. And what benefit will any of God's love be? And how can we even experience it unless Jesus teaches us? And we see and experience and benefit from God's love for the world when we see him do what he did for Nicodemus. You could say, yes, Jesus showed his love for the world by dying for it. Yes, truth. Amen. But he also showed his love for a whole world by sitting down with one man who should have known better. And yet Jesus did not get up that very second when he experienced that ignorance and walk away back to his apostles. Jesus stayed sitting down and taught one man. Jesus showed his love to Nicodemus by telling him that his ignorance was dangerous. You are a teacher of my Israel, my people, and you don't know how faith is even created. So Jesus showed his love. By then teaching Nicodemus how faith is created, 
And then by teaching him the reason to stay in that kingdom. It's not about jumping through hoops to impress your fellow Pharisees. It's not about jumping through hoops to impress me, your God, sitting in front of you the second. It's simply serving your neighbor with the truth. That's how you serve God. And so Jesus laid it out. By water, in baptism, and the Holy Spirit, that's how faith is created. And God shows his love for each of us today. Same thing. Same way. By sitting each of us down for a lesson that lasts a whole lifetime. A lesson that permits us passage, entrance, into the world of his love. I wonder how long it took Nicodemus to stop hiding in the shadows with his faith. We do know this for sure, that he was there when Jesus was buried, and that speaks volumes about this guy. When all hope was apparently lost, he had the courage to show up and bury the one who just got killed for his message. That took courage. But may the Holy Spirit bring us in the same way. Get us off of the back of our heels, out of the whole defensive way of thinking, and put us on offense instead. Switch your soul into attack mode. Instead of waiting for the devil and his children to pick off the next brother or sister, maybe even a brother or sister sitting right here today, actually take God's word to the world. Take God's word to the world, to a new potential brother or sister. Or to put it most simply, love genuinely. By learning and teaching ignorance of the truth, to death. Teach ignorance to death. Love by telling the truth. Amen. That's all there is for today. There isn't any more for this podcast, but if you've enjoyed what you've heard today, you might consider subscribing to the podcast and you will get content four times weekly in your favorite podcast app with no further effort. Additionally, you might consider sharing it with a friend. Each and every podcast has a share link in its description, which can be found in the same podcast app you're listening to right now. Let me know if you can't find it, or if you just want to say hello by emailing me at john.kirk at stmarkbemidji.org. Share God's word and share the light of the world. I also want to take this opportunity to invite you to church with us. Each and every week, we have two church services in Bemidji, Minnesota at 2220 Ann Street on Sundays at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. Additionally, we have a completely free cup of coffee that comes with a complimentary Bible study at 9.15 a.m. Each and every Bible study is led by a certified and college-educated minister. Or maybe you live in Walker, Minnesota. On the second and fourth Monday of every month, we also have church services there at 1100 Minnesota Avenue West at 7 p.m. Come as you are, and I hope to see you soon. If you have more questions or you want more information about our ministry, check out our website at www.stmarkbemidji.org. Have a blessed rest of your day.